0: Hi, my name is Nicholas Eames. I'm author of the debut novel Kings of the Wild, and you are listening to the Grim Tidings Podcast.
1: It's the Grim Tidings Podcast. I'm Rob Mathien.
2: And I'm Philip Overby.
1: Today's guest was born in the desolate, frozen wastelands of Ontario, Canada. Though he attended college to become an actor, he saw the fame and fortune one could procure from writing fantasy novels and quickly set out to do just that. His debut epic fantasy novel Kings of the Wild dropped February 21st from the good folks at Orbit Books and features Clay Cooper and his band of ex-mercenaries, a novel in which past guest Sebastian de Castell calls brazen fun with a rock and roll sensibility. His favorite month is October, rightfully so. He's a connoisseur of quality whiskey and black coffee, an avid gamer, and Skyping in today from his mom's house. The Grim Tidings podcast welcomes author Nicholas Eames to the show. Nicholas, thanks for
0: hanging out, buddy. Thanks for having me <laughs> and for dropping my mom's house there. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you why I'm at my mom's house? Sure, sure. A, it's just quiet here, uh, but also I have my very first uh, book signing today in my hometown of Brighton, Ontario. Awesome. So it's a tiny yeah. hole in the wall book, uh, bookstore, and uh, I'm gonna head there right after we're done here. So, standing remotely, pretty cool. Yeah. Oh,
2: have you definitely. been practicing your uh, your signature all day?
0: Uh, I've been working on it. I did practice it a couple times before I signed my <laughs> first books, but uh, but yeah, I've got something good. I've got something nice. good. Nice, nice.
1: So, R. Scott Baker, Stephen Erickson, Sebastian de Castell, Michael R. Fletcher, and now you, Nicholas, yet another fantasy writer from Canada. What's with you people and your insatiable lust for fantasy? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I have no idea, but we sh- we sure make, well, I don't want to include myself in there, but some pretty good fantasy authors. Most of my favorite <laughs> fantasy authors are Canadian. Uh, as you said, a huge fan of DeCastell, Steven Erickson, obviously. Uh, my favorite writer, Guy Gabriel Kay, uh, is Canadian, but yeah, no, it's pretty wild. Canada's representing for fantasy. Yeah, <laughs> we really do. You guys like whiskey, too. I'm finding that as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, we make some pretty good stuff, but I usually drink the Scottish stuff anyway, so... Oh, okay. That's yeah. Or the American stuff, really anything that's brown. And okay. well, brown.
1: Black coffee, too, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it was basically like I wanted to be a writer, so I forced myself to uh, drink the things that writers drink. So <laughs> made myself drink black coffee, made myself drink scotch neat.
2: So can I not be an official writer because I drink like uh, caramel <laughs> macchiatos all the time?
0: That's <laughs> correct. <laughs> no.
1: Damn it. You need to up your coffee game over me.
0: Well, I've yeah. seen that uh, Patrick Rothfuss drinks white chocolate mochas. So oh, Ooh, that's classy. For him. Yeah.
1: So you are the author of Kings of the Wild. It just dropped February 21st from the fabulous folks, our friends at Orbit Books. You got a book deal with them, so that's pretty awesome. This cover is fucking amazing. Me and uh, Phil are reading the book and enjoying the... Hell out of it, so we are glad to get you on the show today. For listeners who are not in the know, go ahead and tell us a little bit about Kings of the Wild and why it's so awesome.
0: Well, Kings of the Wild uh, takes place in a setting where the mercenaries of the world—the world's kind of overrun with monsters—and the mercenaries uh, are treated like rock stars. They they form groups of four or five men or women. They have bookers that act as managers to secure them gigs to slay this dragon or save this town or rescue this prince or princess. And then between those gigs, they drink and smoke and fuck everything that moves and (laughs) generally act like hooligans. Uh, And so, yeah, so they're super celebrities and the world kind of uh, follows the same kind of like the way this uh, never mind. The, The way the 70s was like huge and grand and honest. And then the 80s kind of turned into almost people trying to emulate the glory of the past. Uh, so the setting itself takes place in a, a time right between those two times. Interesting. So you must really like rock and roll as well as fantasy. Uh, I didn't as much before I started this book. I kind of came up with the idea first. Uh, once again, uh, as far as things I knew I should like but didn't yet, 70s rock was among them. Uh, I have an uncle that, that like all he listens to all day is that kind of stuff. So he kind of it was in the back of my head. Uh, but then I started listening to it pretty much nonstop for the entire year and am now absolutely in love with it.
1: That's pretty cool. You got uh, sweet blurbs from John Gwynn, K.J. Parker, and past guest Sebastian Dickestel, as we mentioned in your in- introduction. How cool is that to get some love from your literary
0: contemporaries like that? Uh, it was pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. I mean, they, um, you don't really expect any blurbs as a debut author, and so whenever one rolled in, I would just be absolutely floored and pretty, pretty grateful for that. Get like a tattoo of Sebastian's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was pretty nice
2: <laughs> it's sebastian actually name dropped you a while back and uh mentioned your concept to us and that got us really interested in it uh even before it was released and yeah. your your book is actually one of the few books i have pre-ordered from a debut author uh based on his recommendation so
0: oh i appreciate that well yeah. Sebastian de Castell has been like, he is the champion of my book. You'll find him in the acknowledgement section.
2: Oh, okay. Cool.
0: Um, and the way the, I even got an agent was because of Sebastian Castell, because I used to work in a restaurant and, uh, and one day I was up at the front, probably flirting with the hostess, uh, <laughs> and saw his name on the reservation list, saw de Castell and thought, Oh, I wonder if that's him. And I knew he lived in Vancouver and I said, put him in my section. So he came in and it was his wife's birthday which I totally kiboshed. Uh, (laughs) And I was like, so are you the fantasy author, Sebastian de Castel? And he's like, yeah, I am. And apparently I was the first person to ever recognize him in public. Mm. And so that probably bought me some brownie points. (laughs) Uh, And as authors will do, I was like, I'm writing a book myself. Can I get you a drink? <laughs> um, and he was but super, he was super gracious about it and seemed very interested in it. And a few um, months later, I saw him again at the Vancouver's Writers' Festival at a panel. And he remembered me afterwards, and he asked how my book was coming along. Uh, and then a few months after that, I finished Kings of the Wild. And I emailed him and just asked if he'd wanted to meet for coffee. Um, and I didn't obviously plan on asking him to hook me up with his agent or to uh, even read my book, because I just didn't want to, you know put upon them but uh we just talked about the publishing industry and all that kind of stuff and then at the time i was i had an agent that was interested in the book and after a bow long back and forth that agent decided not to go with me and by then sebastian had uh had offered to take a look at the first few pages and just take a look at it and recommended me to his agent and now we share an agent so it's wow. literally all because of him wow yeah. sebastian's Really, really swell guy. Yeah, <laughs> don't you get eh? it, if any, if any aspiring writers out there, just go ask Sebastian DeCastell to hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> so then you get, have to pay it forward. <laughs> so you got the agent, and then you got a, a sweet book deal with Orbit Books. Yep. Yeah, that was pretty awesome, too. My uh, editor at Orbit is just absolutely phenomenal.
1: Who, is, who is that points. editor?
0: Uh, her name is Lindsay Hall. Lindsay Hall, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when I eventually did get an offer on the book, there were there were two offers. And one of them the story I at least heard from Lindsay was that she was reading it in her office and she was laughing so hard at it that the rest of her coworkers were like, What's going on here? <laughs> they all read it and all decided they wanted to buy it. So it was pretty much a, a no brainer. Their enthusiasm for it was the big, big selling point there.
2: So you mentioned uh, about the rock star element of the bands, but could you tell us a little bit more about like what kind of monsters they're encountering in the world, or what kind of jobs they're going on or gigs? So to yeah, speak?
0: the uh, the monsters are pretty much. Uh, there's a couple invented ones in there, but most of them just run the gamut of D and D monsters. Part of the co- whole concept of it was when I first started writing it, I had written something before that was super serious and all about human beings and culture and very. Uh, it wasn't that fantasy it was like fantasy trying not to be fantasy uh and so with this one i just thought screw it like i'm putting in everything like because mm. i would never have read a book usually like books about like goblins and elves have had become a bit rare to find i, I think uh like late 2000s yeah and uh and so i was like you know what i'm going to i'm going to put these things in here because they're they're pretty fun so yeah there's pretty much everything there's there's trolls there's giants uh dragons but they're put in there in a way that oh, I think doesn't really take themselves too seriously.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, and hopefully doesn't turn off uh, people that don't think that's their cup of tea. Because uh, I find that sometimes if you invent a monster, like if you have something that's just like orcs, but you call them something different. Morks. Start. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Start to describe them. They're like, Oh yes. They're, you know, and granted a lot of books I love have them, but, uh, but people, part of my whole thing with this book is I want to appeal to people that don't maybe normally read fantasy books. Uh, and I, sometimes I think they just don't, once you start to describe this weird creature, they just don't want to, they don't care to listen to it. Uh, so with something as simple as goblins or orcs, you can just say it and they're like, I don't like those things, but I know what they are. Uh, and as long as your, your plot keeps rolling along, they hopefully will keep up with you.
2: Yeah. One thing that really had me, uh, right at the beginning, uh, I guess this isn't a spoiler, but I'll go ahead and say spoiler. Um, there's a guy riding a manticore around. I thought mm-hmm. that was really funny. <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> that's, his way, that's his way to, like, get attention on his band. So it, it it's kind of like his uh their it's gimmick stick, or something. Yeah. Totally. I, I love that idea because bands are always kind of, uh, you know, I'm in a band uh, myself, and, you know, we're always kind of trying to think of, like, what can we do to get more attention or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love the idea of this dude just riding around fucking oh, yeah. manic or...
0: Spike, <laughs> spikes in his back. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's lots of things like that. I mean, there's, I remember I, in the first iteration of the book, there was kobolds and there still is kobolds in it. Uh, and my editor wrote back on the notes and she's like, what are these things? Like, I have no idea what they are. Like, cause I described, I used the description of like rat like for them. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, are there rats there and kobolds and like all this stuff. And I kind of took for granted that everybody knew what a kobold looked like. Uh, So I had to go look back and and reintroduce Cobalt's to the (laughs) reader.
1: So the book dropped February 21st. How has the release experience been for you so far? Has it been positive?
0: Yeah, it's been intensely positive. Like uh, It's been great. I get pictures of uh, my friends holding the book in various bookstores from all over the country. And, And it's just general. The reviews have been so, so gracious so far. Every one of them pretty much takes my breath away and surprises the heck out of me, and I'm pretty grateful for them.
1: I yeah, got a starred review in Publishers Weekly as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's just I, I Actually, the, the first person to see that, I think, I just kind of stumbled upon it and uh, read the review, and it was great. And then looked at the top, and I was like, I wonder if that star means something. Because there was just a single star, so I was like, either this is a one star <laughs> <laughs> or it means something good. And uh, I Googled it, and uh, it meant something good. So I was pretty honored by that.
1: So, start review, book signing on the greatest podcast of all time. I mean, that's a pretty yeah. fucking solid start for a book.
0: Writer. Everything's everything's coming up Eames right about now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got fresh cookies at my mom's house. What more can I ask? for? Oh. <laughs> what kind of cookies? Oh, chocolate chip. Oh, okay. Chocolate Chip, yeah, they're pretty amazing.
1: Didn't know if it'd One be like maple or something for Canada. No, okay. Sorry.
2: Go Phil. Yeah.
0: <laughs> We're not that great. <laughs>
2: I want to talk a little bit about the cover because uh, the cover is done by a kick-ass artist named uh, Richard Anderson, who's also done some amazing covers for Victor Milan, Brian Stabley, Wesley Chu, Cameron Hurley, to name a few. How has this cover really uh, boosted your confidence as far as being a debut novelist to, to, to have someone that's worked with all these kind of names?
0: Oh, so much. Uh, Richard Anderson was actually my... Like my favorite artist in the world before all this even happened. Uh, have you ever played the game Guild Wars Two or heard of Guild Wars Two?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, like I played the heck out of that game, and, and it's it's just covered in his art, um, and probably played it longer than I meant to because of his art. <laughs> uh, and then constantly, I'd find myself going into the bookstore and buying book covers that were that were his without really knowing who he was yet. And then oddly enough, the day before I got the call saying I had a publishing contract, uh, I just happened to go to the bookstore buy. Uh, brought brian staveley's first book and cameron hurley's mirror empire book and brought them home and was looking at them and i'm like these look really similar and they look really <laughs> similar to guild wars 2 i might have a thing for this guy and so when it came time to like talk about the cover like authors get no say for the most part in their covers and i knew that going in um and we ended up actually haggling over the title of the book as well for a long time uh, it was originally just called the band um but i think my uh editor knew i'm pretty wary of fantasy book covers sometimes i feel that they shoot themselves in the foot before the person can even read them Uh, especially as a fan of people who are books that appeal to a broader audience and so sometimes you just put a screaming wizard on the cover and people are just like no i just don't want to i just don't want to read that (laughs) uh some people really love it but in general which is in canada we tend to get like landscapes and things like that as our covers so, uh, okay. um, but anyways, one day she just called me out of the blue and, uh, she knew I had a thing for Richard Anderson and she called me and she said, just to let you know, we've got Richard Anderson to do all three of your book covers. And I just, <laughs> just had myself a little cry, have myself a little <laughs> cry. <laughs> uh, but honestly, that day was like probably as exciting for me as the day I first got a book deal. Like I was so excited about it. Uh, just knowing that the front of my book would, without even seeing it, uh, i would be as proud of it as i as i was of what was inside and they also said they had they'd never had an author as excited about it before so they let me write a personal email to richard anderson Uh, and now we're like instagram buddies he follows me on instagram and likes pictures of my coffees and stuff it's it's (laughs) that's awesome yeah
1: Yeah. the cover is is pretty fucking solid i would wear like a t-shirt or whatever if that design is is pretty impressive
0: yeah, so. it blows me away, and even the lettering too. Uh, first, when Orbit first picked up the book, my editor like the the music references in the book pretty much went mostly over her head, and uh, and that goes for a couple of the other people that read the book. So I was happy that they finally kind of embraced the music because everyone seemed at the beginning to want to steer me away from it, and uh, and then ultimately I sent my editor uh, that playlist uh, that's on my website, and and uh, she kind of just maybe just realized how important it was to the foundation of the book itself. So seeing that on the cover and seeing taglines like the boys are back in town really shows me that they've embraced the theme of it.
2: Yeah, that's great. I think, uh, I think the soundtrack idea on your website's uh, really interesting idea. I don't see a lot of authors do that. So, you know, as uh, for, for people don't know, don't know, you can go to uh, his website, which is Nicholas. Eames. Dot com.
0: Is that right? Uh, yeah, there's, so there's a soundtrack there, uh, and I tried to, I mean, it's pretty broad. You can you can not listen to music at all, or you can just throw on a general 70s playlist and probably have a pretty good time. My brother has his own separate playlist for this book, but I put a little asterisk besides certain songs that were intensely important to to, to various scenes because some of them i was just totally stuck on what to write and i had written a different way and then i would walk to work and listen to say zz tops lagrange and then have the whole scene out in my head and go home and write it
1: what would you say are your top three rock songs of all time what are,
0: what are the ones that uh that's a tough call i'm a huge fan of rod stewart always was it was my first concert who is embarrassingly it? <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> But my first Rod Stewart concert was like me, two buddies, and then about 30,000 women. Yeah. And Rod. Um, <laughs> and Rod. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I My only like actual um, superstition in all of life is that whenever you hear a Rod Stewart song, you're in the right place at the right time. <laughs> you're in the grocery store or getting a weird haircut, and you're like, I'm not sure about this. And then Nagy makes it on, and you're like, okay, okay, all right, this is cool. Bangs it is. <laughs>
2: What if you're, like, taking a shit and then you hear Rod Stewart?
0: <laughs> yeah, that means you're supposed to be there. It means somewhere, if you were somewhere <laughs> else, you have a piano dropped again. <laughs> yeah. And I even, funnily enough, I even heard Rod Stewart uh, when I knew this. My agent had a copy of this book, and I was going home to Ontario, and I was sitting in the airport, and Rod Stewart came on, and I'm like, huh, maybe something's good going to come on this trip. And I was home uh, here in Ontario. I used to live in Vancouver, uh, and I was home in the, in the car with my mom when I got the email. Something about we'll Sebastian
1: Dicastel and Rod Stewart. Just yeah, pretty much. pretty much Make the stars align. those
2: two.
0: Yeah. But back to your original question. Uh, Led Zeppelin, favorite okay. band or song? Yeah, uh, we'll, go, pretty much we'll go band, yeah. Anything by Led Zeppelin is pretty okay. awesome. Um, uh, I'm a big fan, of, big fan of U2, actually, as well. Bono is also, also awesome, yes. Yeah. And I've listened to a little bit of them for the second book as well. Uh, so did you get a three-book deal with Orbit? You got a trilogy signed up for, or...? Yeah. Yeah. It's a three book deal. Um, and yeah, they're going to be all standalone novels though. How's book two coming along? Pretty good. Uh, it has slowed down around the whole publication time. I don't know. There's. I'm just going to distract it a lot these days, obviously. And, uh, and then part of it is having this book come out that is super polished when you're in the middle of A giant piece of shit (laughs) not that it's shitty but uh when you're in the middle of a book that's like you know got all kinds of loose ends and parts that you know are going to be carved out or changed uh so when a when you have a book comes out especially maybe your first uh that is in a polished state it's it's daunting a little bit so i found myself kind of going over what i've written already and being like is this good enough is this good enough and when is book two expected to drop uh i'm guessing it'll be about a year from now or so. It's uh the first draft is due in April. Um and then it'll probably take some revisions after that, but yeah, I'm guessing around next year. I think for a lot of first-time authors, they usually like to put out a book a year and get uh some shelves fill up some shelf space. And are you doing so, any, uh, any other side writing like short stories or anything like that or are you just strictly on the novel right now? You no, know, just on the novel right now. I'm a pretty slow writer compared to a lot of people. Like I know even Sebastian, he'll he'll sit down in a couple hours and pump out 2500 words. Uh, whereas I can write for a whole day, like I think my biggest day ever maybe was 1,600 words, and that was 15 hours of nonstop writing. So I'm a pretty slow writer. So, in Kings of the Wild,
2: it's focused on the Heartwild area, correct? Mm-hmm. So the other books will those be focused in different areas, or will it be the same kind of area
0: of the world? Well, book two does. Uh... Yeah, so far, they don't go to the Heartwild at all. But Yeah, it takes place in a different part of the world. It would be a shame to make up the entire world and not go anywhere else ever. Yeah. But there will definitely be a return to the Heartwild in book three, for sure. I've got some pretty cool ideas for that. But, Uh I mean, I definitely won't explore the entire world in the course of three books, that's for sure. So, maybe there'll be more. (laughs) I always thought that because this book is about uh, the band being have done all their crazy shit in their past, that would be pretty fun to write maybe a prequel or a book that takes place and tells about all the things you've kind of heard uh, snippets about in the Kings of the Wild. We
1: usually talk with authors about um, marketing and promotion on the show as it's a critical part of an author's um, job these days because, uh, you know, publishers don't get the word out like they used to. So what is your philosophy that you've taken on, uh, Nicholas, for uh, promoting yourself and your book uh, with this release?
0: When I listening to your podcast, actually, when I heard Michael Fletcher talk about having his book deal and, you know, the publisher being on him about sales uh, was a huge wake-up call for me. And I thought, like, like I, I would have assumed the exact same thing that he did, that the publisher kind of took care of the most of it for the most part. Um but, yeah, definitely uh, listening to him talk about his experience has taught me some things about just being active in the community. And a lot of my favorite writers are active in the community, and that's how I've heard about them or decide to read their books. i've I follow people on Twitter that whose books I haven't read, but who I will eventually read no matter what, just because they're cool people. So uh, I think interacting with people and just generally having your face out there and and just commenting on other things and just yeah, just being a part of the community can help a lot and it and it helps you find things to read and and be influenced by
2: what kind of communities do you usually hang out in are you are you more of a twitter person or a facebook person or uh, there are forums you visit like reddit or anything like that
0: uh, i am on reddit from time to time for sure and then facebook groups there's i mean your guys group grimdark fiction readers and writers group yes yeah. uh, and like honestly to me that's the best group on facebook for it because there's it's got so many like passionate readers passionate bloggers passionate writers uh and they're all kind of interacting no one's like just you know some some facebook groups are just non-stop spamming of their uh their stuff uh, and everyone has like amazing constructive uh conversations there i find and fantasy factions another great group on there so those are the my two kind of main ones and then i once in a while I'll visit some other ones and then twitter too i try to be relatively active on there
1: any other websites or anything that you use, utilize as a resource to do your writing?
0: Uh, no, not really. Like, I mean, as far as resource goes, just Wikipedia. Gotcha. <laughs> Every time I write about a boat, I need to learn about boats again. <laughs> and you mentioned Guy Gabriel Kay being a big
1: influence in, uh, in your writing. What about GGK's writing uh, appeals to you so much? Probably just the prose.
0: His, the way he structures sentences uh, is just beautiful and... He's the first author that ever made me cry while reading a book, uh, and it was a tough feat because I picked up one of his books. The first time I ever read one of his books, it was for a school project, and I grabbed the third of his trilogy, which obviously you should never start with the third of a trilogy. <laughs> uh, and it was it's his Bar Tapestry, so it's people from our world that are taken into a fantasy world. Uh and I was like, this idea is terrible. And then I had like, King Arthur and stuff. And I don't like books about King Arthur. I think it's kind of overdone. And I was like, this, is, this book is going to be bad. And then cut to me a day later, and I was bawling my eyes out, like sobbing like a little boy. Uh, and so, yeah, it really, really affected me. And every one of his books uh, since then has done so. So that's, uh yeah, it was halfway through reading one of his books that I was like, you know what, I got to give this a shot because if I can make something half as beautiful as this, then that's what I would like to leave behind.
2: Speaking of real life and fantasy colliding, uh, I was interested, uh, which real life band could you see uh, existing in a fantasy world? Like if they had to fight trolls and giants and dragons and shit like that, <laughs> which real life band do you think could hang and not just get killed like the first day?
0: Well, I was going to say I would love to see uh Maroon Five or One Direction go up against a a dragon <laughs> or a couple of trolls and just get slaughtered and torn limb from limb, but I think probably Led Zeppelin is the almost obvious answer there because yeah, not only are they just generally badass like every one of them, but they they I mean they wrote their lyrics are literally like just pages out of Tolkien books, so yeah, they'd know their way around I think
2: they can navigate the yeah <laughs> the they'd dangerous be, frontier
0: they'd be, they'd be drinking with them and yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, didn't Jimmy Page
1: sign a deal with the devil too? So that always helps. Probably so. Yeah. Probably so.
2: Jimmy Page would be like a necromancer or something.
0: Hell yeah! It'd be he some really like would.
2: evil priest or some, like. <laughs> well, there's some a there's a, one of their thing. videos
0: is uh like maybe live at Madison Square Garden or something like that. It's an it's on YouTube. You can find it and and during it he has a crazy long ass guitar solo and in the middle of it is a video montage of him climbing like a cliff and then meeting a wizard at the top and the wizard turns into him and it's just really fucked up that's but amazing yeah during that same video he also uh pulls out like a violin thing and plays the guitar with the violin bow uh and literally tears the tears it to shreds while playing it but it is incredible yeah yeah that's jimmy page yeah
2: wizard a wizard in his spare time yeah exactly (laughs) side wizard side wizard wizard. hashtag side wizard (laughs)
1: Should we do our little fantasy rock band game bit thing? Yes, let's do that. Okay. With author Nicholas Eames, author of Kings of the Wild, available now on Amazon and bookstores
2: everywhere? Yes. Let's do that. It is available everywhere. Everywhere? I think people (laughs) should buy it. Yeah. Yeah, It actually
0: came out out early everywhere, too.
2: Oh, yeah. I saw that where you posted it. came out early a couple places.
0: Yeah. It was early everywhere, really, but
2: that's all right. Yeah. uh, I, I just wanted to give my stamp of approval on this book uh it is very great and i'm enjoying it so far it's fun fun fantasy with lots of uh good things coming up i'm sure like i'm still at the very beginning because it just came out but yeah i'm really really liking it so far it has a good vibe Uh, me me and rob are fans of fantasy that uh kind of just gets you right in there just squeezes you right in there yeah it's kind of like that it just gets you right in the story and we dig that kind of stuff here on the grim tidings podcast
0: well i appreciate you saying so it means a lot
2: so uh we're gonna do a game with you all right would you like to play a game i need to do my <laughs> saw voice click
0: would and you that's... like to play a
2: game <laughs> nicholas
0: <laughs> I would you, love you
2: have treated great. your life with oh, sorry. <laughs> that was pretty good though phil
0: yeah that, that was. was creepy practice makes perfect <laughs>
2: So, the idea of this game is similar to our Roll One Up game that we play sometimes that is not related to drug use whatsoever. It's related to rolling up characters. Uh, This time, we're going to have Nicholas put together a band of characters from various fantasy and sci-fi worlds to make up the most awesome rock band of all time. So, these are characters that you would see in various books, movies, comics, whatever, and they're going to make up a band, a rock band. Yeah, one hell of a band. Mm-hmm. So let's get started with the lead vocalist of the band. Who from all of the great speculative fiction of the world would you have as your lead vocalist?
0: Well, for lead vocals, I'm going to throw in uh, someone from a book I read pretty recently. Uh, Nettie Lonesome from Wake of Vultures. Have you read that book? Oh, we uh, we talked to... Yeah, uh, Delilah S. Dawson. Yeah, yeah. She, she writes under Lila Bowen for that book, but uh, her main character, Nettie Lonesome, is pretty badass. And so I'm going to go with a screeching, <laughs> screaming Nettie Lonesome on lead vocals. Very cool.
2: Yeah. Okay, then how about a lead guitarist who's going to be shredding shredding the shit out <laughs> of the guitar with a violin bow like Jimmy Page?
0: Let's go with uh, Kvoth from Name of the Wind. Because, oh. yeah, you need you need the sound of water burbling over rocks. He's your man. <laughs> okay, how about rhythm guitarist? Okay, this is going to be someone who's just awesome with a sword. I'm going to go with Ringel Eskiath from, I think that's his last name, from Richard Morgan's books. Oh, yeah, yeah. Land for uh, Heroes.
2: Yeah. Cold hands. Yeah, I, I love that character. He's uh, yeah. pretty cool.
0: Yeah, he's pretty badass. He, like People kind of make fun of him and kick him when he's down, and then he just... Whoops! Their ass. So let's go with him on rhythm guitar. Handy with the sword. That one.
2: All right, Rob. Do you want to handle the uh, remaining ones? Yeah. Let's
1: let's try. It. Who's going to play the bass guitar? Who's going to pluck the pluck the four stringer?
0: Uh, well, that's pretty. That's Carso Orlong, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I think having a giant, uh, whatever the heck he is, playing bass guitar would be pretty cool. Fuck yeah! Just sitting there strumming along, yeah. And if somebody comes on stage, he bashes it over their head. <laughs>
1: Keyboards? Who would play keyboards in this fantasy band?
0: Galadriel from Lord of the Rings. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, she's got that ethereal sound that you want for a keyboardist. She'll that's be in great. there in the back. Yeah, this is a fucking. And then, and then, <clears throat> and then, she can like just go nuts. Like when it's a keyboard solo, she could turn into like crazy. Should I take the ring from you, Galadriel? And, like, <laughs> am I not? Am I not beautiful? <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, it's gonna be good.
2: Yeah, that made me it. shit my pants in the movie. <laughs> yeah.
0: <by> the <laughs> Jeez, like, what the what fuck fun.
1: happened there? Well, you generally just have incontinence problems anyway, but especially
2: during. Yeah, I that do like scene. talking about shit a lot. Way too much <laughs> in public. For
0: I put on my Lord of the Rings diapers. So. <laughs>
2: yeah, there you go. Yeah. And
1: then to round out this uh, this band, I think we should give a name to the band too. But uh, who would be the drummer? Who would play the sticks for this uh, ensemble?
0: I'm gonna go with I don't even know how you pronounce his name, but Jean or Jean from Locke Lamora. Oh, okay right? Cause he uses those double axes, the wicked sisters. Uh, so ooh. he'd be pretty handy. Be pretty handy on drums. I think. Yeah. Uh, and similar to my own book, the, the drummer, the guy who represents the drummer in the band has two knives, wields two knives. So yeah. yeah.
2: Phil's is a drummer name, too. Is his name skull drummer? Is that the guy's name? Or yeah. Something?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and on the, on the soundtrack, every, a lot of the characters kind of have their own song and his song and his scene in the book. There's a scene in the book where he kind of like fights by himself for a little bit. And, uh, Led Zeppelin's Moby Dick was the song for that. I it just it's a the 30 minute drum solo. I just put it on and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And then Badass. one more person, a guest guest appearance for this band? Dritz Stewart and on the triangle. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. And maybe like the chimes that you you ring the thing across. Chimes.
2: <laughs> and then his Panther could jump out. Totally. His Panther could jump through the triangle.
0: <laughs> oh genius. Flaming like triangle, flaming triangles. triangle of flaming doom, triangle. right? Yeah, you can ding the flaming triangle with a scimitar. <laughs> not to get your mind out of the gutter.
1: Uh, what would we? What would you name this band? What would be the name of this group?
0: I don't know. I'd like to let's steal the name Soul Decision <laughs> from the band that's already called that. They're not even <laughs> a band. But yeah, let's that's go with Soul band. Decision. Soul
1: yeah. Decision. Gladrill, right. Drizzt, Quoth.
0: Yeah. Quite the lineup. I think so. so
2: When is this band playing? When's their gig? Their next gig?
0: Uh, I think I'm gonna uh, shuffle them all into the small local bookstore I'm about to head to tonight. (laughs) I mean, there's there's room for like the girl who runs the bookstore, myself, and my mom. Oh, okay. And then and then the band, and then people will just stand outside in the rain and look through the window.
2: Sweet. (laughs) Very exclusive.
0: Yeah. It's gonna be great.
2: Well, that is our Fantasy Rock Band game. That was fun. we we'll have to yeah. try that again sometime. Fantasy Rock Band. And we'll, ne- maybe next time we'll actually play the game Rock Band, the video game Rock Band.
0: Yeah, well, I think uh, probably Sebastian DeCastell could come up with a good rock band, you know, off mm-hmm. the tip of his hat. He plays music, oh, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: He plays the piccolo whistle. What yeah. was it called? What's it the called? Celtic whistle. Celtic whistle, yeah. He's oh, a, a piccolo whistle. Yeah. <laughs> I call it pick a low whistle.
1: <laughs> Kings of the Wild, available in bookstores everywhere now. Author Nicholas Eames has joined us on the podcast today. Nicholas, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great to uh, chat with you. We've been in communication for a few months now, and finally good yeah. to get you on and tell the world about your writerly feats and uh, spread the good gospel news about Kings of the Wild. And we we are imploring all of our listeners to drop by Amazon now and pick up a copy and enjoy it and read it and leave a review. And,
0: uh, yeah, great to have you on the show. And, hey, get, best of luck at that uh, book signing today. should be exciting. Oh, thanks very much, very much. And for having me on the show, I'm obviously a huge fan. Uh, I've listened to you guys for absolutely forever, so it's a, it's a pleasure to meet you and an honor to be on here. Checks on the meal. Wow, Perfect. That checks on the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get a check from you, you get a check from me, everyone's happy.
1: Social media, yeah. uh, NicholasEames.com is the website. Folks can find you on Facebook and Twitter, et cetera
0: yeah nicholas uh, underscore eames on twitter because some enterprising fellow already has nicholas eames jerk mm. uh and yeah i'm on facebook too and yeah feel free to chat if anyone has any questions or things about the book or he says hey i got this reference then yeah feel free to hit me up rod stewart sebastian de castell and nicholas eames <laughs> all amazing <laughs> individuals yeah. perfect company
1: we're on Facebook.com slash The Grim Tidings Podcast. We have our website now, TheGrimTidingsPodcast.com. We've got Grimspirations forthcoming for you uh, blog posts highlighting some of the inspirational fantasy authors in the genre. Uh, we're going to have guest blog posts and all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, on Twitter, at Grim Dark Fiction, you can uh, find us there as well. Uh, Facebook group, Grim Dark Fiction. Readers and writers, be sure to d- join the 2,700 plus writerly individuals commiserating daily talking grimdark and all sorts of fun fantasy stuff we talk about we we dork out over there it's, it's fun so folks should, should definitely drop by nicholas is a member philip is a member and we we have fun over there but uh it's yet another episode of the grim tidings podcast uh philip thanks for joining us here today uh, it's a pleasure as usual
2: yeah i always like talking to you rob <laughs> you're my favorite guy doesn't suck
0: do you guys want me to leave you two alone i yeah uh... you probably should <laughs> yeah
1: give us a moment here and then...
0: no it's uh, yeah it's
2: always good to talk to you and, and we're we're gonna have some more cool guests so keep an eye on the podcasts whatever S- it's called subscribe Radar. on the <laughs> iTunes yeah
1: <laughs> until next time see, grim, stay grim, stay dark stay true peace out